Hi, I'm McKenna, and welcome to Fight for the Family, a podcast where we acknowledge Satan and his attacks and use God-given principles and gospel-centered strategies to defend, protect, and strengthen our families. Let's get to work. Welcome back to the ring, friends. Today's topic is actually a listener suggested one. And I'm so grateful because it's one that I don't think I would have thought of to address here, but it fits so perfectly. And I had so much fun uh, preparing for this episode. So um, grateful for that. And if you ever have suggestions on topics or questions that you have or specific situations that you kind of want help navigating and want to hear about on this podcast, please, please, please send those my way. Uh, my email is, uh, sorry, boyer.mckenna at gmail.com, or you can always reach me on Instagram. Um, okay, so today we're talking about something called um, the junior knows best, and I put it as a pandemic because I feel like it's getting worse, but have you ever heard of the term junior knows best. It's a term that I've only heard sometime in the last couple of years. I actually heard it first from my husband. Um, but it's a term that's been given to the surprisingly large amount of storylines, especially in movies, um, that feature the child disobeying a parental figure and having it turn out to be the right thing. Basically that the child knows best right? Um, there's been a surprising onslaught of this theme poking up in movies over the last, um, decade or so. Um, and now that I'm telling you about it, you'll probably notice it more, but here's a few, um, a few examples for you. The first one, we got Happy Feet, Ariel, Moana, The Croods, Coco, Encanto. Those are just a few. Um, now, while the storylines of Junior Knows Best aren't always wrong, because in some situations, right, the parental figure was not willing to change at all, and something needed to change, right? So it's not always wrong, but the messaging of all of these animated parental figures automatically being wrong and outdated and um, not knowing best, I think is a really dangerous one. Um, and it's not one that I would like to see all the time, right? Um, because it is false. Parents and older family members, any parental figure, they are not always wrong, right? The child does not always know best. Um, sometimes they do, but most of the time, parents know best. Um, I found this really interesting article from, um a site called Decent Films, and I will post the link in the show notes. Um, But here's kind of what it said about the dangers of this little pandemic we have going on. Um, It says, sometimes parents have blinkered or backward attitudes. Sometimes children are wiser than their parents. Not usually. Usually, whatever their faults, parents know better than young children. With age, experience, and fully developed frontal lobes, comes some increase in wisdom, perspective, and judgment, even if this this is often more evident to adults who, after all, remembering their adolescence than to many adolescents. Tradition, likewise, deserves a better rap than it gets nowadays. 
Human tradition isn't infallible, but there's usually something to be said for the accumulated wisdom of a culture, even if it takes each generation a while to recognize it. Um, then he goes on to say, I'm not saying I want to see a steady diet of animated stories about foolish children learning just how wise their parents are and embracing tradition. I am saying that a say died of stories about hidebound parents realizing just how enlightened their children are and dispensing with tradition is a problem. Ten years of this trope dominating animated family films is more than enough. Other types of stories are possible and even, in a way, necessary. Parents don't have to be functional antagonists. Children need at least some stories with reliable, trustworthy parental figures. They need stories with protagonists who grow, learn, and change in ways that don't involve heroically defying their parents, even stories about protagonists who learn from their parents. <laughs> right? Like, that makes so much sense to me. And when he, he phrases it that way, it's kind of scary that the storyline is so in literally the majority of movies that are out these days. And I don't know about you, but like... Of all that list, my children have watched all of those movies, a lot of them multiple, multiple, multiple times, right? And they're great movies, and they do have a lot of value to give, but this underlying theme of Junior Knows Best is creeping in more, um, and that's not really a message that I think our young, undeveloped <laughs> children that we are responsible for should be getting all the time. So how do we navigate and combat this potentially damaging messaging, right? Um, I have a few other quotes I want to read to you guys, and then I have a few ideas um, on how we can combat this. Um, so I've mentioned before, um, I love Ainsley Arment. She is the co or the founder of the Wild and Free movement, and she just came out with a brand new book called Wild and Free Family. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, and she had a quote in there that I thought pertained to this topic a little bit. Um, in this section, she's talking a lot about um, like generational trauma, which I feel like we all have to some degree, um, and how to navigate that and how it's uh, hurting our children, right, if we don't do something about it. Um, so bear with me while I read this, but it's just so good not to just read it. Um says, our greatest challenge is not to let our wounds affect our kids and to break these cycles once and for all. Society tries to medicate the hurt right out of us, but that only numbs us, making us functional parents at best. It doesn't heal us. Society also gives us distractions that help us ignore the pain. Substances, a career to pursue, a busy schedule, the block button on Instagram. We manage the hurts for as long as we can, convincing each other that we're being good parents by abiding together. We console ourselves with the notion that at least we love our children and our children love us, no matter how they act or what kind of day we've had. But before long, the pressures of life catch up with our households. We find ourselves confronted with an enemy that lies not only without, but also within and also around us. Yes, there are times when our children can cause us great pain. They stoke the anger and fuel the discouragement we already fight so hard to suppress. We have the power to discipline our kids for behaviors that inflame the wounds already within us. It is in these moments that society's solutions will destroy us. They will destroy our households and our families too. But the solutions society offers are far easier to choose because the cure is so much harder to embrace. The cure has always been and always will be love. 
Okay, so I loved that quote because, right, society would have us, I don't know, we get, we have all these like parenting strategies and these tactics to use. And I use a lot of them and a lot of them work very well and are helpful. But at the end of the day, the solution really is love. Everything else is kind of a band-aid to help us figure it out. And when love is missing, right, of course, everybody's, that's literally going to destroy society. Um, so I loved that, the, the importance of love and how that is really the key to healing and overcoming um, the tendency that we have to, to discipline our children in reaction to things that we have been hurt by in the past, right? Um, okay, then I also wanted to read a few sections from the Family, a Proclamation to the World document um, that I feel like also pertain to this as we talk about ways to navigate this. So that one reads, um, the first one I'm going to read says, the parents have a sacred duty to rear their children in love and righteousness, to provide for their physical and spiritual needs, and to teach them to love and serve one another, observe the commandments of God, and be law-abiding citizens wherever they live. And then I'm going to skip to the end. And the end, this part is intense. Um... And of course, there's so much in the proclamation. So I, I encourage you to go read the proclamation. It's a very fast read. Um, right, but it just talks about ways we can strengthen the family, how that's based on Christ, and um, kind of what a family, the ideal situation should look like, and parents' responsibilities. And then at the end, there's a warning, and it says. We warn that the disintegration of the family will bring upon individuals, communities, and nations the calamities foretold by ancient and modern prophets. We call upon responsible citizens and offers of government everywhere to promote those measures designed to maintain and strengthen the family as the fundamental unit of society. Whew, I just love that every time. So, (laughs) right, Um, taking care of our families and the way that God intended is a huge deal, right? And of course, every family looks different. I want to make sure I say that. Um, but parents together have certain responsibilities, right? And those get divvied up a little bit different in every household. And I don't think that is wrong. The important thing is that our children <laughs> get those things that God says they deserve. They have a right to, Right. So from those three sources and just what my own experience, here are the things that I think will help us combat this the most. And why, why do we need to combat this, right? Um, Satan would love to have the younger generation not listen to the older generation, right? He would love for history to repeat itself. He would love for children to make mistakes that they can't come back from. Because they thought they knew better and they ignored the wise counsel of the people who love them and who have been there and who have maybe done the exact same thing and know the hurt and the damage it can cause. Um, And if he can get the younger generation to stop listening to us, if he can discredit us to the younger generation, oh my goodness gracious, he's going to have a heyday, right? Because... Those calamities that have been foretold, that's what will happen, right? We, the family is set up as it is for a reason. 
our bodies are made where, (laughs) right, until our early 20s, our frontal lobe, where our decision making happens, is very squishy and not developed until we're in our early 20s, you guys. So parents have a huge responsibility to help their children figure out life for a really long time (laughs) because their bodies literally can't do it. And having Satan convince our children that they can is not good. (laughs) So um, it will not help our children at all, right? It will only hurt them. Um, And our job is to help them through that whole process of becoming and learning and growing. Um, Anyway, okay. (laughs) So here's a few things that I get. Um, I have three of them. Um, the first one is to lead with love, right? I know a lot of us grew up, um, especially I feel like, well, lots of generations before us, right? Where we were disciplined and punished and we got things taken away or we spent time in our room or some people were physically punished, right? There was a lot of like harsh and a heavy hand and a mom and dad are always right and children can never be right. And there was, I feel like, there was this leading of leading with a strong hand and discipline and, and not as much love. And, um, I'm grateful that I, I don't feel like I experienced that growing up, but I know so many people who did. And I think leading with love is the way to do it. Right. And that is a hard thing to do. It is not always easy because kids will push back. They will say hurtful things. They will think that they know better and they will make mistakes. Um, but it's our job as parents or family members to love them through those things, right? And to help them to feel secure in that love and to know that no matter what they do, it is not going anywhere, right? Um, Because if they feel like it's going to go somewhere and they won't be loved, then the connection you have with them will not be as good. And they need to feel secure in that love so that they can do what they need to to grow and develop, right? So leading with love is the first one. Two, Listen to your kids. I think sometimes kids do have better ideas than us. Sometimes they do have a new way of doing something that would actually be a really good change in a family. Um, We should not be so stuck in our ways that we don't listen to our kids, right? But we also should not let our kids think that they are always right. Because they won't always be right. We're not always right. But neither one is always wrong either, right? So think listening to your kids, um, letting them have a voice and let them contribute to the growth and the the morphing and transforming of your family is huge. Um, when they know that you respect them and their opinion and their ideas and that they have value in this family unit, they'll be more connected to the family. They will have more ownership of it. Um, And then I think they'll respect us more, right? Because we respect them more. And I think it's important to have that two-way respect in a family. Um, It's not just that as a parental unit, we demand respect whether it's earned or not, right? I don't think that that's true. I think we need to act in a way that earns respect from our children. And we also need to show our children respect. So let let them have a voice. Listen to your kids, even if it's not always right. Let them know that you will listen. Um, And the last one is to prioritize connection. Um, This one I think is huge. All of this stuff that we're talking about on this podcast 
can all be tied back to strengthening the relationships in your family. That's really kind of like the key (laughs) to all of this fighting Satan stuff, right? Um, the stronger that our relationships are with our kids, with our spouse, with our parents, with our siblings, with our, anybody in our family, right? Um, the more likely they are to come to us for help or advice, um, and to actually listen to us and hear what we're actually trying to say and, and to take and do those things, right? Um, if you have a relationship with somebody that is not very strong, you are not going to go ask them for help. And you are not going to take their advice with any grains of salt or have any worth. And you are not going to do anything that they say because you don't have that connection or relationship to be that foundation. And so connecting and prioritizing that connection to strengthen your relationship with your kids or any family member, I think is absolutely essential, um, to this happening. So I brainstormed a few simple ways to connect. If you're like, that's great, Kenna, but how the heck do I connect to my kids? And of course there are so many other ways, but I just thought of a few that I thought, um, were simple and easy to do every day because connecting every day is the goal, right? even if it's just for a few minutes. And of course we have bigger times of connections where we're unplugged on a trip or, um, you're spending more time together for another reason. Um, but these are a few that you can do every day. The first one is just to look them in the eye and ask them how their day was, but like, look them in the eye, (laughs) right? Put the phone down. Don't just like say it as they walk in the door, go over. I like to hold my kids faces to look them in the eye because sometimes they don't hold still long enough, but like, look them in the eye, let them know that like, Hey, I see you (laughs) and I'm here and I am all about you right now and ask them how they're doing, how their day was, ask them specific questions and listen, right? Um, another one is just to uh, leave a note for no reason, whether that's a picture that you drew or a note in a lunchbox or a note on their bed or whatever, right? Leave them something that shows them that you were just thinking about them. I know my parents have both been really good at, at notes. Um, and I still have a lot of them cause I treasure them. Even if they're just simple, like have a good day. Or when I went on trips, um, like to camps and stuff, my parents would have something for me to open every day. And it was so simple, but like that meant so much to me that they thought about me. Right. So leaving little things like that, um, play with them. <laughs> this is one that I have a hard time doing. Um, but that I have found is really powerful, but play with them. And no matter how old your kids are, right, they do some form of play, whether that's pretend play when they're little or, um, like playing a board game when they're older or going out and throwing a ball or whatever, right? Like there is some way you can play with your kids, no matter how old they are and play what they want to play, right? Like, let them lead and let them choose. Um, but giving them that time is huge. Uh, show interest in what they're interested in. And I don't mean like pretend interest, but like like curiosity, I guess, more than interest. But if they're into something that you're like, I have no idea what that is or anything about it, have them teach you about it, right? Like <laughs> have them teach you. And I actually, in my book which when this podcast airs, 
I think should be out, which is very exciting. Um, I have multiple days where teaching is what is happening, right? And the kids get to pick what they teach. But let them teach you and show that, like, you care about what they're interested in, even if it's not something you're really interested in, but you're interested in them, right? Um, and then the last one is to, um, like, make physical contact. <laughs> I'm personally a really big hugger, so my kids get a lot of physical contact sometimes, whether they like it or not. Um, but we do a lot of hugging. We do a lot of kisses on the cheek. We do... I do a lot of head rubbing, <laughs> I guess is how you'd say it, right? Like I tussle my kid's hair a lot. Um, I touch arms a lot, little hand squeezes, right? All of those form connections and we are physical beings, right? <laughs> we have these bodies and the body is so powerful. Um, and having that physical connection strengthens relationships in such a big way, which I think is why, right? Like sexual intimacy is a huge part of romantic relationships because there's just something about physically being with a person and feeling loved physically that just does amazing things in your brain, right? So whether or not your family is a huge touchy-feely, you can still do things, right? You can hug them. You can just touch them on the shoulder, um, hold hands while you're walking down the street, whatever, right? Like Find ways to physically make contact and create that connection as well. Um, so just to review really quick, those three things that I think um, I got out of from those articles is the first to lead with love, two to listen to your kids and prioritize connection. Um, Satan would love to discredit every parent and older family member to keep our youth from the hundreds of years of wisdom and knowledge um, that there is to be shared. And um, he's trying to do it. <laughs> and in the cleverest of ways, right? Putting things into kids' movies to discredit parents. Um, but let's not let him take all of that beautiful knowledge and wisdom from our children and from the next generation. Um, yes, it's a hard one to battle, um, but it's a battle worth fighting because we have been uniquely equipped and uniquely um, given this stewardship over the people in your family for a reason. Um, and we can't let Satan keep these spirits that we have stewardship over from getting our best and all of our wisdom and all the things we've learned to help them have the best life and future possible and to become the amazing, incredible, um, hopefully whole and healed human beings that they can be, right? And we can do that by loving them, by listening to them and prioritizing connection with them. Well, friends, I can't thank you enough for taking a few moments to spend in the ring with me today. If you found this podcast helpful, I would so appreciate if you reviewed it, shared it with some friends, took a picture and tagged me on your stories. I really believe that every family is worth fighting for. And so if you would help me spread the word, that would be so appreciated. Um, Hope you have a wonderful day. See you next week. And remember that your family is worth fighting for.